play. Yeah, Does anyone have a lighter? We want to light this candle? Yeah, we should. I usually always have my lighter. Oh, I have one right here. You call that a lighter, mate? Oh, I do yeah. have it with me. Yeah, you oh. might need to smoke a cigar at any moment. <laughs> oh, that's so true. More like a bleasy. You Are know you what a I'm cigar saying? person? No, I hate cigars. Uh, yeah, I've never got them. I had a couple as a teenager, and I've never had worse breath. Oh, I think they're <laughs> absolutely disgusting, and they smell awful. So awful. It smells like baby trash burning. It's it's wild watching um, shows from the 90s. Like, There's times in Seinfeld where Kramer will walk into Jerry's apartment smoking a cigar, or like watching The oh, Sopranos. Yeah. And he's, you know, they're like at somebody else's house, and he's just smoking a cigar in the house. And I'm like, dude, if someone came into my house and lit a cigar, I'd fucking destroy them. Yeah. I can't sell this place yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck did you just I'd be do? Like, what did you just do to my equity, bro? <laughs> what did you do? Bro, my equity. Yeah, no, they, they really fucking played it loose. Back. I grew up with my dad smoking in the house. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I don't even know if I've ever talked about it, but that's how normal smoking was when I was yeah. growing up. Yeah. Well, yeah. and even like, 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 that's gross, but that was like more normal. It's just the idea of like, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I live in an apartment and my neighbor is going to come over and smoke a cigar for like five minutes in my apartment and then leave. <laughs> and I'm going to smell that for the next eight, eight months. Like, <laughs> fucking awesome. We, uh, that's what we've been doing lately. Um, when Cass and I like want to indulge in something but don't feel like going looking around. We just watch Seinfeld every night. There we go. Yeah. It's great. It really is. Yeah. I mean, especially season like five, six, seven. Do you think mm. there's something about watching people be like horrible people, though, that is like not necessarily good for you? No. 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 <laughs> That's just the funniest sitcom ever. Because well, and it I, was written by Larry David. And, you know. Yeah, Larry and David is. There's good stuff about Curb, but I love that Seinfeld feels so intricate and unexpected. I love yeah. the way that something that happens in one plot line ends up ricocheting into the other plot line, and it all comes together. It's like... Um, that improv format, the uh, the Herald, where it's like you have these different scenes and they all kind of like... Oh, I've never heard of that. Mm -hmm, they all weave together. That's like what UCB was all about teaching, where it's like it's a formula where basically, okay, the first set of scenes are all different and the second mm. set we're reusing some of the ideas and then it all kind of comes to the scene where like everything comes together. Oh, wow. And Seinfeld does such a good job of that, whereas Curb, I always am just like, oh, here's a situation. Is Larry going to be an asshole? Yeah, he's Every being time. an asshole. Yeah. Okay, is it going to get worse? Yeah, of course, the guy that he yelled at is now the soccer coach. Okay, yeah. and it just feels sort of inevitable and yeah. boring as opposed yeah. to Seinfeld where you're like, and now Kramer's driving and the fucking sewing machine is dragging and sparking it's and like the highway lights on fire. It's like, yeah, it's beautiful. It is fun to watch it now and like see like, oh my God, Kramer has a car with a giant steely on the front. Like, yeah, how did I miss Kramer that? Kramer was a drug dealer. And it just went over everyone's head. Because I was a kid when I was, I was like fucking 12, 13 years old. But Kramer's a drug dealer. He's got a Grateful Dead car? He's got a Steely on the front of his van. You know, every now and then they show him driving his van. And you can see the very top of a Steely. Like a giant Steely on the front of his van. Wow. And then there's so many other things in the show that suggest that he knows everybody. That he knows everybody and everyone needs to stop by his place. Yeah. You know, like, who is this cast of characters? It reminds me of my own, my own life. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing in there? <laughs> We're humanitizing the eschaton, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what happened in that show? That I think it's called uh, the flanderization of characters. Mm -hmm. You ever heard about mm -hmm. that? Yeah. 
Flanders from The Simpsons, Simpsons like remember, started off yeah. as like the you know the Christian neighbor, but there was nuance to the character. And as the seasons went by, he just became less and less nuanced, and uh, just became like this total like, for lack of a better word, cartoonized version of uh, of what caricature of what yeah, caricature of, it. Yeah, of what he's supposed and, to be, and yeah. taking all of the qualities that started off as like the funny subtle things and just amplifying them. And mm. man, the past the last season or two of Seinfeld does that to all the characters. Oh, really, really, George? Really? Yeah, George was like that funny guy that was like a little angry. By the last season, he's like, Coco needs... Like, he's yeah. screaming every, yeah. every yeah. line is delivered in Scream, and, you know, it's just like... Friends did that, too, with, like, yeah. Ross and Joey. Yeah. And I've never watched Seinfeld in order. Like, I always have watched it syndicated. And TBS at There would be PM. weird gaps where I'd be like, okay, I've now seen so many callbacks. I know there's an episode that's just, like, never come up in the roulette wheel. Yeah. <laughs> that I've always been curious. Where I'm like, oh, if you watched it, you'd be like, that's okay. I get it. Yeah. But when you're doing that, I really had, you know, unless they're filming the show about nothing, you kind of don't know what season they're in. Because mm. I think... Seinfeld more than other shows, yeah. Like it's really hard to identify a season based on like one episode. No, it's yeah, it is. It's tough unless it's uh, like it's like whoa, they really haven't hit their stride. This must be from yeah. like the first or second right. season. Oh, there's some episodes where I'm like, there, it's about like women faking orgasms, and I was like, how did I never see that? I mean, because like, probably yeah, that's not that's when they're syndicating. Mm-hmm. You know what I? Mean? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes they're like, whoa, yeah. that's crazy. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Fake all your orgasms. Yeah. Fuck, man. I, I used to fucking love that show. And I wonder, like, I guess that's like the Beatles of shows. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I wonder, like, 100 years from now, what shows we'll even talk about. I think that might be one People of don't even care about the Beatles anymore, though. Like, That's yeah. true, man. Like, I have a Simpsons quote tattooed on my knees, and I was talking to Joey about it, where it's like, when I got it, I mean, I wasn't so ignorant to think that, like, everybody has the same cultural experience, but it was it felt so much more universal because we're of this generation where, like, there's Simpsons quotes that are just, like, in our blood, like microplastics. It is me. And... <laughs> Then now I'm like, oh, like younger Gen Z people have no fucking clue what this quote uh-huh. is. And of course, like when I'm getting a medical appointment and the Indian doctor is like, why do why do your knees say boo urns? Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so hard to explain. Uh, Don't worry about it, bro. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> that is in particular a very funny thing to get yeah. tattooed on you. Yeah. But then, you know, like Simpsons wave, right? Like these things like echo and repeat. And I'm sure there will be moments where people come back around and rediscover stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I remember when Simpsons, if you were if you planned it out right, you could watch like five Simpsons episodes yeah. in a day because it was like two back-to-back at this time, two back-to-back in, oh, nice. like, like after like the news, and then one on the random like local New Hampshire channel. And you could yeah. like line it up. And then they added Seinfeld to the mix. And that was when you didn't have Netflix and everything. So it was like, oh, snap. I'm home from hanging out with my friends and I'm stoned and it's six o'clock yeah. and I can just do like back to back Simpsons into back to back Seinfeld. Oh, like man. this is glorious. It's the best man. Yeah. That's, I feel like my generation is when Simpsons started to kind of like, like there was the joke Simpsons did it. Like the Simpsons did it. Mm. That was like yeah, a yeah. big one. And then that was like the last cultural thing in my generation where I feel like we were communicating with the Simpsons in any, any direction. But then also it's like the, uh, uh, what's it called? The never mind. Keep going. What were you saying? You sparked a thought, but I I forgot what it was. Jerry doesn't know what the fuck's going I don't know on. What, I don't know what's going on? Yeah. Hang back. No, I have blood. I had, I had <laughs> we're a, talking Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, that it. that's what I was gonna say. Is that back then? Also, like for some reason, 
my parents never ended up even getting like getting uh like the TV guide, so you couldn't even see what was on next. Oh yeah, yeah. So we, I would just go to the channels I knew, which was like Mad TV, mm. any of these things, and those one, those ones were quite big. Mad TV was pretty big for me, I think. Yeah, I mean, like last night, even like I was pulling out some old Jerky Boys um, oh, prank yeah. calls. And I'm playing them for Joey, and I'm like, I'm almost embarrassed how much of this language I still use, <laughs> and how how much this like this is my sense of humor yeah. came from this entirely. And I was thinking about like how so much of my sense of humor really was built from The Simpsons and the Jerky Boys and like a few key movies, mm-hmm. and like how a lot of people had the exact same experiences. Adam Sandler's albums, his CDs mm-hmm. that came out, they're all gonna laugh at you, and I can't yeah. remember what the other one's called. Fucking raised me. And it's yeah. so crazy. I can't think of one running joke in my family mm. or one little cute thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. Like, they really just, uh, like, just trust fell into the culture of TV and music and whatever you guys are exposed to. Sure, go for it. Drink whatever. Eat whatever. Fucking watch whatever. Let that raise you. And, like, I think it created a thing where my family doesn't have a culture. Mm, interesting. And now it's like I'm trying to reclaim that for us and be like, here's what we're all about, not just watching TV. Mm-hmm. Uphill See, battle. I've, I've, <laughs> I've thought about this a lot because so I'll kind of like broaden it out a little bit. But my mom was anxious about culture and not wanting to just have the fucking fire hose shot straight at us. So like we couldn't just, you know watch MTV and R-rated movies and things. But then I would have friends at school that had, like, you know, weird kind of derelict white trash parents who were like, <laughs> yeah, I've seen all the Freddy Krueger movies. And I'm like, oh, I'm so jealous. But also, <laughs> yeah. it's very weird to go to your house and very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember my mom being like, okay, The Simpsons is such a big cultural thing. Like, you're very curious. You're going to want to watch it. But, like, I want to watch it with you to make sure that you're getting, like, both sides of it. Because, like, Simpsons was controversial. We kind of forget it, but it was, oh like, incredibly controversial because it was so profane and edgy, and now it looks so wholesome. But, like, there was this balance of, like, okay, like, you can have a little culture, but not just full throttle. Mm. And then I felt that in my own exploration of drugs, where it's like, oh, I don't want to be not doing things and not partying and just, like, hold up, like, studying engineering. Yeah. But... I would be out in the world and then I would see the people where I'm like, oh, this is a little sketch. Mm. Like, I don't actually know if this is what I'm like. Yeah. 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 You guys have weed, but you guys have other shit. And <laughs> the vibe here is whack. I mm. think I'm going to like yeah. go with my other friends where we're going to like climb a tree and smoke weed and talk about philosophy. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is the same thing in a lot of ways. And you got to protect, especially when the drug stuff, it's like you got to protect yourself. Like you really just have to trust your instincts on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. If or don't trust your instincts if your yeah. instincts are bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't trust the instincts. If your instinct is to sniff white powders and you don't know what they are or who gave them to you, don't do that. Like, yeah. It's just like fucking as silly as that. Yeah. I think it's so funny when I think back how wholesome those times were, how crazy and controversial The Simpsons seemed. Like, mm-hmm. like my parents were a little like, whoa, I can't believe our son's into this stuff. And yeah. I really wanted a Bart Simpson t-shirt so bad. Yeah. And they finally got me one, but they wouldn't get me the one I wanted that said, I'm an underachiever and I'm proud. <laughs> I had one that said, I have an announcement to make. I'm bored. That's great. That's yeah. wholesome. Yeah. That's wholesome. Which was pretty much my yeah. MO as well. Yeah. My parents had one line in the sand my entire childhood and was like, you're not an underachiever. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so they got me the one that says, don't have a cow, man. <laughs> and now you have the one that says, don't have a cow. Be here now. Yeah. I have yeah. that one as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
It's a good one. Well, my mom, when I wanted to watch Fight Club for the first time, which I don't know what year that came 99. out. 99. So I was... Yeah. <laughs> you were 11. I was 11, yeah. and I wanted to watch Fight Club, and That's my funny. mom said, <laughs> you can watch Fight Club, but you have to write a like essay, a paper about it, like a two-page paper oh, wow. about it. And That's I pretty did. sick, though. That's yeah. pretty sick, actually, because it's like, you and can watch this. in terms of like, movies that you're going to write an essay about, like Fight Club's got... Lot going on. Damn, they made you write an essay about yeah. it. That that's pretty cool though, because then you can digest it and be like, oh, this is what I thought about it. It's a movie. This yeah. is what I took away from it. I think I gave it a little more thought than that. Fight Club but... as a reflection of capitalism yeah. and masculinity <laughs> by Cass Greener, age eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Late stage capitalism in Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. Well, my mom in the yeah. dark mirror of Tyler Durden's <laughs> twisted yeah. psyche. God, I wish consumerism I was is inverted yeah. as we see how masculine urges become their most base blah 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 yeah. the, the feminine gaze yeah. through yeah. Helena Bonham Carter's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile I was like did you see Brad Pitt's six pack <laughs> for real it's nothing Fight compared Club. to back my 18 pack yeah. <laughs> that no. movie's great yeah you know it's one of those movies I've always held in high regards yep. I saw it when I was eight, I was 18 when that came out and I was like incredible incredible yep. achievement it, it anything that's so viscerally effective like that yeah and then i've heard lately people be like really bash that movie no way like as like oh it's a fucking joke it sucks you don't remember how much what? that sucks and i'm like i don't think it does i don't, I don't think, think it does, it does at okay all. good i'm no, glad you're saying and i think that. there's a, there's a thing where something enters the mainstream and then people want to be contrarian and so then they're like no it's bad and sometimes like i remember this with family guy where family guy got really really popular and every Everyone was, you know, quoting it and stuff. Yeah. And then more like woke parts of society were like, it's the worst thing in the world. I'm like, family guy's like edgy and dumb. And it's like, not like, I'm not going to like, yeah. it's not the hell I'm going to die on. But I don't think it's as bad as like its fans are. Rick and Morty's an even better example oh, yeah. where like yeah. the fans can be so toxic and lame and stupid. And then people are like, Rick and Morty, oh, that's trash. I'm like, no, there's a lot of good stuff in there. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, now it's kind of faltering. Oh, but yeah. yeah. Well, but yeah. I mean, but I think Fight Club and some of these things that really broke out and became so ubiquitous that we're kind of like, oh, it must. It's Eat. good, though, if something keeps going through the, the wash, rinse, repeat cycle culturally. Yeah. I think that means it's actually probably really good. If we're talking mm. about it again analytically, yeah. like 23 years later or whatever. Yeah, the Matrix slaps. Oh, yeah. Matrix. I think the it's new just, one? It's surprising. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you watch the new one? Oh. Yeah, nowadays, you it. wouldn't get a movie that questions consumerism. You know, and I think that's just where it, it kind of... Sorry to bother you. That's oh, yeah. Oh, that's okay. a good one, yeah. yeah. I mean, you Made do... by Boots Riley, mm -hmm. who, you know... Yeah. he's a fucking communist like yeah. I'm surprised he was able to make this fucking movie but that one questions things a little bit yeah, right. it would have to be cloaked in so many layers of metaphor to, mm. to, to get that out there nowadays yeah whereas that when it started off that's what the Simpsons was it was just like a biting satire mm -hmm. about the way we live and what we're comfortable doing and like some fucking oaf is in charge of the safety at the nuclear power plant. Yeah. You know, and everything's toxic and there's fish with three eyes. And like, dude, it was really skewering yeah. our culture. And I'm sure it still does. I just haven't seen an episode in 20 years, but. Well, but no, but it, it, it doesn't, it lost it. And it's, I've, I've seen like video essays that dive deep into like, when did this change? But there is such a textural difference between the human story that you can kind of summarize where you could be like, oh, that's the episode where Bart sells his soul. 
Mm. And like, there's a whole arc in there, and they will have That's those, you know, cutaway moments and fantasies and all of those sorts of things. But there is like a consistency yeah. versus something that just feels like, okay, so here's a wacky skit with Homer, and then he like somehow gets a job as like a monkey trainer at the circus, physical, and then stunt, this, and then this, and then this, slapstick, and you're like what was that episode even about? Like yeah. 80 different things happened. None of them connected. It just feels very well, different. I, I think it speaks to the flanderization of everything. Yeah. You know, we're not in like a nuanced culture anymore. You know, we want to flanderize each other. Yeah. We're de- desperate to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could feel it in social situations, like gathering information. I'm trying to compartmentalize you right now. I'm trying to put you in a tiny little box so I can write you off if I need to. Yeah. I'm collecting the evidence. I might not use it now, but I will at some point. And well, it's like, I like, I try and do that in one strategic way and avoid doing it in other ways where it's like, you can say, Oh, our friend, the wizard, yes. which is flanderizing me in a way. And if, yeah, I, yeah. if I then played into that and whenever I hung out, it was like, Devin the Wizard's here. Whamma zamma. Here's my catchphrase. And it would be very annoying. And you would have to rise to that occasion. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude. Are you kidding me? But um, Lisa, uh, my partner and I were talking uh, earlier today about this. um, I follow like an internet culture newsletter. So I'm not on TikTok, but I get it from like a secondary feed, which I think is very important for the future. I think we need to start having our own systems that are saying, here, we've filtered the information for you. With your, like, you own the keys to this. It's not some other That's person's true. system. I see TikToks, but they're through other platforms. Exactly. I'm not like, going. I don't, I don't want it firsthand. That's where you're going to get exposed <laughs> to something. But it was um, some guy making a video where he's like, here's how normal people put syrup on their pancakes and someone just does it. And he's like, here's me. And he just, like, dumps this bucket of Every syrup TikTok. onto it. Yeah. And then it immediately cuts to someone, I guess, doing a duet or whatever. And he's like, so what was it like? After the camera stopped rolling. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just you alone in your syrup covered apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get down on your hands and knees to scrub the syrup off the floor? And it's just like going into it, but beautiful. it's like, oh my God, what a beautiful articulation of the way that we contort ourselves for these cameras. And if you're not careful, it's like a fucking dunk tank. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. just like being the little clown monkey and trying to get the thing. And the thing is, is valueless. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. here's, here's some Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Can I spend these on food yeah. or other things? There's no. Karma. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no. I mean, it's, it, it's to get super meta. It's even happened to us doing 300 plus episodes of this. Like at yeah. some point along the journey, many times you start to be like, well, what are we good at? Why do people listen to us? Should we do more of that? Should we talk more about this? Should we? The second you start having those questions, it's like we're off the path. People, let's just get people to like us for who we are, warts and all. Who gives a flying fuck? I would, I would rather that, you know, than than anything. Yeah. Like, accept me, accept me for who who I really am. I might not have anything to say every week. Well, if it's a parasocial <laughs> relationship, you don't necessarily want to pick it apart all the time. Just like. You know, if you have a really good friend and you've known each other for years and you're hanging out at some random other yeah. friend's wedding and it's late at night and you're like, yo, let's like dive into our friendship. Like, what's the bond that's held us together? Like, that's cool. Yeah. But if you're just hanging out with your friends and you're just constantly like, why are we even friends, guys? Yeah, like, what are yeah. we even doing here? Like, do we have common interests? Like, yeah. so, yeah, true. I think that's like, I'm always trying to pick things apart and be meta and then I'm having to check myself and be like, does somebody want to follow an Instagram page that's just like me talking about how we shouldn't follow Instagram pages? 
<laughs> you either don't like my message and disagree and then you don't want to hear what I'm saying or you do and then you get off the fucking platform and it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. We're we're really deep in the shit in our current culture. Like, we are just in the mud. Well, when People you, are trying no. to figure it out. Well, we feel like no, the blind. We, <laughs> we feel like the blind leading the blind in yeah. like a lot of ways. Oh, you know? us in particular? No, no. Like everyone. Like yeah. what Devin's saying, there's a lot of meme pages and where it's tempting to be like, get off Instagram while being on Instagram. So it's like, yeah. we're addicts trying to tell other addicts, yeah. mm-hmm. don't be an addict. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I do it too. Yeah. This is a total tangent, but back when I used to do like improv and stand up and stuff, I really wanted to do a show called um, In the Land of the Blind. And it would be an improv show where you had like cool costumes and stuff, but then the cast, every episode right before the show, you like drew straws and one person got an eye patch and everybody else got a blindfold. Oh, and sick. then you came out and you did some improv show about some fictional kingdom and you would find drama and stuff. But the entire cast can't see what's going on except for one person who has wow, one cool. eye. Wow. <laughs> you got to be some expert level improvers. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, just come out and be like, my liege, what's happening? Oh, the farm tariffs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's interesting when you were talking about parasocial relationships, like because I have many of them, and they're they're yeah. with comedians. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I know their life probably better than they do, and oh then my I, God, like yeah. it creeps me out because I'm like, people have that with us. Yes, and and what's weird is like a lot of times like they want to meet us and hang out, and I get why because yeah. I wanted to be like that with these guys at first, yeah. and like uh, like Matt McCusker and Shane Gillis are like my favorite. I love mm-hmm. their podcast and. uh I like I reached out to Matt one day because we have so much in common and he mentioned yeah. one of my movies and I was like, oh, dude, I directed that. And he's like, let's hang out. Let's do yeah. this. And I'm, I can't bring myself to do it. That was over yeah. a year ago. Yeah. yeah. I was like, meanwhile, I you guys, I would, meanwhile, I think you guys would hit it off like fucking swimmingly. I think. Yeah. But I also like it would bring him down to earth in a way. I'm yeah. just like, ah, I think you're really cool. Like, yeah. You know, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like the era of DVDs where I'd watch an amazing movie. I'd be like, I watched Fight Club. My mind's blown. I'm 15. Like, holy shit. Yeah. What's going on? This is so amazing. And then the DVD is like, do you want to watch a behind-the-scenes featurette about the movie? Yeah. And I'm like, the movie was so dope. Heck yeah, I do. And then as soon as I hit play, I regret it. Yeah. Because suddenly you just see you know, Brad Pitt being like, working with David Fincher is really <coughs> better play. And it's like, that's not Tyler Durden. I've been working with a nutritionist for eight months. <laughs> like, I don't care about this. The only behind-the-scenes you want to watch is for like Terminator, where you see them do like claymation to create all these like effects. But even then, I do, it, it takes away the effect of the movie, because then you, every time, like every, I just watched Goodfellas the other night, mm. and it's my favorite movie, and I've seen it so many times, but I can barely get swept up in it because I'm like, oh, here's that incredible shot that took them two weeks to light. (laughs) Wow. This scene was improv. And, oh, man, this wasn't even meant to be in there. That was a mistake. They didn't know they were wrong. Like, I watched the movie like that. You know the the footnotes. And even when I'm incredibly stoned, I'm just seeing it for the annotated version that I have in my head. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I haven't had this as much, but I remember this happened to me in high school when I feel like weed had a different effect where there would be times that I would get stoned and sit down to watch a movie, especially like a kind of Hollywood movie. And it's like there's the screen and then I'm watching this larger screen where I can see the boom mic and it just feels like everyone's acting and like the illusion is not working. Weed does that. Like sometimes you can just feel it, right? Where you're like, you can feel bad acting more than ever. Oh, yeah. You can it, feel acting. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I, I can see someone you know, being like... And I'm delivering my lines. 
Uh, yeah, I want the rye sandwich. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's like yeah. you can see the set more than you can see. And it's what like, they're oh, to they're trying to be funny. And I don't know why. It's it's not making me laugh. Yeah. I see what they're – it's like – it's weed just makes you zoom out one more level maybe. More. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's very strange. I feel thing. like that when I watch movies, I'm a huge critic of movies and acting for sure. I feel like yeah. I've always like just – I've always been like it turns me on or it turns me off. I'll watch a movie. I'll be like, this is incredible. Or I'm like, this is not believable in the slightest. Yeah. Or like no one can carry this film except for this one actor in it. But yeah, then you get high. And it happens in social situations too. You get stoned and you'll really just sit and listen, not worry about talking and just look at somebody. And you're like – it's like a it's a very valuable res- perspective because it's just people are trying to pitch themselves all the time too and it's just really how close is it to their their authentic self mm-hmm. and that's what you can really realize a lot of the times if you just shit sit down shit down sit down and shut up and yeah. just watch you're just like okay you know you, or you can just feel it if somebody's being authentic or not well i i think that's what, i think weed makes me a better listener and much better feeler you know, and like last night, like Devin generously and took us over to this beautiful, mm-hmm. immaculate house party with a jazz band and everything. I'm pretty sure we're the only three people there that were incredibly stoned. Oh, no, not at all. You don't no? think so? Oh, everyone else. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because people are yeah. engaging with us, and I feel like all we did was just absorb oh, the, no, 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 what no, no, they no, were the, saying. The host apologized because we were in conversation, and she was like, "Oh, sorry, I kind of like spaced out. I like hit a vape pen earlier." Oh, okay. And I like like this like sort of like naughty confessional. I was like. Yeah, it was a jazz concert. We all jazzed up, baby. Yeah, <laughs> like, we were so high. We got jazzed and then, in the car. Um, <laughs> as soon as it ended, one of the like twenty-five-year-old drummer kids was just like blazing joints. Oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah. Yeah, cool. At first, I was like, "We're the bad boys of yeah. Kentucky right yeah. now. Look at us sitting in the swings, super high, just like." But that was a nice scene to let into your consciousness. You don't have to do anything. You don't have we're to get up hosting. there. Yeah. No one knows us. No. no one cares. And when when people started to yeah. know, oh, they were making a film and. We got the fuck out yeah, of there. Yeah, I was like, I don't we were, they're like, they're making a film. Yeah. What's your film about this now? We're like, let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a documentary filmmaker. Okay, cool. Like, bye. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to have to speak to this. Well, we spend so much time in New York City going to events, getting so high and just standing in a corner being like, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I just, oh, yeah. I, I feel I, like. Totally saying, I was like, vibrate. she's like, did they leave? And I was like, possibly. I think they'll say goodbye. But oh, as yeah. soon as you get to an event with them, the egg timer starts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we lasted longer than I would have thought yeah. for us. You I, know? I hate it. Like when I'm sober and so, I mean, not always, but when I'm sober and it just depends the event. Sometimes you have a tendency to want to pitch yourself to people and be like, oh, cool. This is who I am. Who are you? Cool. We connect. Sometimes also the like, especially as you get into your journey more you're like i don't really care what i am i just want to be here and like, that's so where like, you're just described perfectly yeah. where i'm at yeah i'm like i, I don't, don't need to pitch anything i just need to be here and oh, cool. i don't want anyone to think i'm a filmmaker because no. <laughs> if i think i am then i'm just like yeah. on one yeah. like i don't care uh, like we're making one right now but that's not yeah who i am you know? but i think the other side is that it is nice to give people a handle sometimes i've yeah. experienced yeah. both oh, yeah. yeah where i'm like ha, 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 i'll just tell you that i'm a wizard and you have to respond to that and I'm like, oh, this went down a path I didn't want it to go. That's <laughs> but then there's other times where I'm being more cagey and I'm like, oh, I'm not being fair to these other people. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know me. And I, 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 especially in New York, there was this kind of attitude of like, oh, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk about your job, like what you do. And it's like, I don't know. If you take that out of the equation, sometimes you're giving a very limited, weird view. And if I'm getting yeah. to know yeah. you, yeah. do I care that your favorite flower is daffodils? Yeah. yeah. Or that you uh, own 
a bakery that's been in your family for three generations. Actually, that's fucking cool as shit. Like, yeah. let's talk yeah, about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. And we don't have to talk about bread all night, mm-hmm. but for you just to be like, that's off the table. Mm. How you spend or, 80% or, of your time. Or it's got to be like, again, we go to that vegan party the other night, and it's like you connected with somebody, Caleb, oh, okay. and it was like, uh, you connected with Caleb, and it was like, you guys, once you caught on, it's like you guys were sharing very personal shit about each other. You just met each other 25 minutes ago. And it's so weird. I'm never like that. Yeah. I might have talked about it on the last episode, but like, you know, we had done a podcast about our breakup with Mare and one of our one of our fans was there and he's like, I didn't want to bring it up. I was like, oh, it's all cool. And then this kid was like, what happened? And he told me. I told him what happened. He's like, the exact fucking same yeah. thing happened to me. And he helped me so much. Yep. If you want to hit that, it's ready. It's just where you're at in terms of like the, if you were at, let's say an event, like we're talking about events, it's like the event you're at, like who are the people? It's like, you might meet somebody and be like, oh, I want to tell them everything about me. And then sometimes you're like, oh, I, this is entirely about a filmmaker's conference that I'd have no interest in being here at all. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> You want to you want guys want to learn a cool magic trick? Yeah. yeah, please. So this is something I got from uh, a podcast guest. I think it was Dr. Christian Bush is his name. He writes about luck, but he talks about conversational hooks. And so the idea is You're teaching us how to clear a dab, <laughs> <laughs> how to finish your milk. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. If you go into a party, right? <laughs> it's like there's particles of people bouncing all over the place. And they could open doors. They could lead to different things. If you walk around and are just having one note that you only play, that's all other people get to riff off. So if mm. you're just walking around saying, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a filmmaker, yeah. that's one note. And if someone goes, oh, shit, I love films. I want to talk to you about it, then maybe it helps. But if they don't have anything to do with that, you're sort of just stuck. And it's you know, you're also just having the same conversation. So his thing was you come up with three conversational hooks. So when someone says, you know, what do you do? Or who, you are, who are you? You can say, oh, well, I'm a documentary filmmaker. And uh, I love the Grateful Dead. I'm a sex icon. And, yeah, I'm, a sex and, icon. and I'm a sex icon. <laughs> and they can go, oh, my God, I'm a sex icon, too. Let's talk about that. Or like, oh, shit, you like the dead? Awesome. And then they can go in that direction and you've just tripled the surface area nice. so if you're walking around that party and you're just saying what you do for your day job versus if you're also talking about the fact that you like right rock climbing you can now have a new rock climbing buddy that becomes that's something fun. that takes yeah. your life in a whole different direction that's really good expanding the it, it's like simple but very useful yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like have more than uh one or two things yeah. up your sleeve. Yeah. yeah. You guys want to know some more cool luck shit? Please. So this is from a study that was done, and I, I talk about it um, in some of the writing I've been doing lately. But it's uh, this guy was a scientist, and he's like, I don't believe in superstitions, but what is luck? This is such a huge part of our culture and our experience. Some people seem to have more luck than others. What's going on? How can I study it like a scientist? So he put up advertisements and asked for people to reach out who either saw themselves as having incredibly bad luck or incredibly good luck. And so we got all these people. He talked to them. He interviewed them. He did a variety of experiments with them. And one of them, he gave them a newspaper. And he said, I want you to go through and count how many photographs are in this newspaper. And he timed them. The people with bad luck on average, it took them about like two and a half minutes to count all the photographs in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. The people with good luck, it took on average about uh, 10 seconds. Mm. Okay, so what is this? What's going on here? On the very second page of the newspaper, huge ad, giant letters 
that says, you can stop counting. There are 42 pitchers in this newspaper. Observe, more observational. The people who were focused narrowly on finding pitchers missed it. Damn. Mm-hmm. Huge thing. Staring them in the face. They just overlooked it. And then they were too busy. And then even wow. for funsies, he had later on a thing that said, like, if you mention that you saw the second ad and you'll get $200 extra. Ooh, nice. Uh, I've, I've, of all people to not be here to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an interesting way to think about it is, like, how much are you widening or shrinking your viewfinder, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, are you so narrowly focused on talking about your job that you're missing all the other things that are happening? Mm. Or are you like stoned and in your head and like walled off and not yeah. open to what's actually going on? Cause you've already like written off a party as being some sort of way. And then wow. totally. you're not realizing that there's wow. a giant sign that says there's 42 pictures in the newspaper. Wow. I love that. It's, I mean, it kind of just is like a, a bigger way of talking what magic is. Mm-hmm. Magic is like an open heartedness to like the magic of the universe. In order to tap into the magic of the universe, you have to be open to it. Like mm-hmm. it almost feels like a prerequisite. Well, if you want to talk, yeah, I mean, if you if you want to talk about magic in terms of luck, I think it gives us a good idea of the feeling we're after, because there's a fallacy that magic is about control. I'm gonna gain access to natural powers that I can do things reliably that other people can't. Mm-hmm. But really, it's more about wanting this feeling of surprise and mind-blowing and synchronicity and awe and wonder and just this like cool vibe that you get when something clicks. And if it was clicked all the time, then you wouldn't have that, right? Like, yeah. It only can click into place. And if you're trying to click it, that can get really frustrating and annoying. Because then you're judging when it's not clicking exactly how you wanted it to click. It's like you're trying to like crack your neck in a certain way and you're like, oh, it's like not doing it for me and now it's more tight. <laughs> and so it's this weird thing that you're trying to look at out of the corner of your eye and relax into and get lucky without trying to get lucky. It's crazy because my whole life uh, I've been told I'm lucky from yeah. a young age and then I started to take that on. Yeah. And I have all these little uh, points of evidence and they're little they're dumb things like i remember when i found a hundred dollars on the floor when i was nine years old and then i won this thing and i won that raffle and then i met Cass, and you know i was lucky enough to get a film made and get it seen you know like all this stuff but what i'm not taking to account and if i was considered myself an unlucky person is the hundreds of times that i lost money at casinos that i lost scratch off tickets that i lost money Mm -hmm. that i didn't connect with the woman that you know like that that the film didn't get seen that Mm -hmm. you know that this thing slipped through the cracks but i have this more like zoomed out thing and people have told me that and i've taken it on and i consider myself a lucky person yeah and i consider that the number one factor as how anyone even knows about me yeah is luck well, I think that you brought up gambling is so perfect as well yeah. as an example of capitalism's version of luck. Yes. Where yeah. what we like, what we just talked about with magic is something unlikely happened. Mm. Unexpected, unlikely. So there's all these different possibilities of what could happen. And if the thing that we're expecting happens, yeah, okay, no shit. Like we yeah. went to the store, we got food. That's I went what... to the bar, I got drunk with my boys. Yeah. But I met the love of my life that night. Right. <laughs> so we've gone from our likelihood to our unlikelihood meter yeah. and it's really cool. Yeah. And a casino will tell you, it's really unlikely for you to win this. Yeah. But then we're going to obscure that and make you think that you're fucking special. 
Yeah. And you have some undefinable thing that right now, like a movie, you're just a fucking pube away from yanking <laughs> the thing yeah. and punching through to a new reality yeah. where everything is better in your life because yeah. a number got so much bigger. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's going to fix all of your problems and everything's going to slap and be the best that it can possibly be yeah. because you're going to go all the way and everyone else is dumb and sucked and they didn't know and they didn't believe and you alone squeeze through. And we do that in the casino and we do it with how we value ourselves. Yeah. You have to totally. be the one who is the best stand-up filmmaker, this, that. You have to overcome the most extreme odds. That's the coolest version yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. Which, when you go to a casino, you can get caught up in that in a heartbeat. Oh, my gosh. And then immediately be like, and I'm an idiot. I just lost yeah. $200 yeah. giving it to rich assholes when I don't believe in any of this system and I just got conned openly. Like, what the fuck? Sean and I love gambling like I, this, not makes, necessarily us doing it ourselves we love the story of it we love yeah. it when it's in a movie we love when it's like a plot point but i've come to understand from watching a lot of like gambling documentaries that a lot of these high rollers it's like they're being seduced with it's a reflection of how their mindset is in the universe so mm. they're thinking if i have a purity of mindset god will uh, reward me Mm-hmm. with giving me, you know, a a win on this. And yeah. so they're testing the their their relationship with the universe through gambling, but it's mm-hmm. such a trap. Mm-hmm. And it happens in so many different ways. We not outside of the casino too of like, oh, if I can just think good good thoughts, then I'll be rewarded 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 mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, well I just it's my fault for losing at the casino because I wasn't thinking good 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 thoughts. Yep. So let me keep mm-hmm. going because I can nail this game of like having a, a perfection of mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's really well put cast that there's some sort of my thoughts connect with reality. This is new thought. This is what Mitch Horowitz is always talking about. This is where a lot of occultism today and new age spirituality comes from. Thoughts connect with reality. Mm-hmm. Which I think is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they connect with a long chain of events that lead from that thought to the dominoes. Like things got to go yeah. for that to get there. And often we get caught on just this first stage of if I can think the good, good thoughts, then yeah. I'll jump there. Yeah. I can take that shortcut. But in gambling movies, what characters are you rooting for in a, in a movie with gambling? My God, I don't even know. Like I think of like uh, California Split, classic. They, they made a they made a remake of it called Mississippi Grind. Oh yeah, and it's just great. about like two fucking down and out gamblers who are like, "You're trying to give up gambling, so am I." Yeah. Fuck it, let's yeah. just be bad together. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something about that. Yeah, we love. Do they crash and burn? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I love the risk it all sort of mentality. I feel like what Sean and I do is gambling. So mm. I think there's something that makes me relate to it. Because, I mean, the way we live our life and kind of like living on the edge and just trust falling into the universe is like a version of gambling. Because I think the ones, maybe this is my own bias, but I think the ones that always stand out are the, we're going to con the casino. I'm the gambler. I'm the better gambler. So my whole story is about how like everybody else is a sucker and all I do is win, win, win. But then I like risk it and it almost gets fucked up. But then like we get it and then it's like, yeah. Wow. And that's these ideas about magic where it's like Matt Damon and Rounders. He's just better at poker than anybody else. So that's like you can just show scenes where it's just him being like, 
reading these frat guys, and I'm going to play for like 72 hours straight. Yeah. And it's all of these American fetishes for being like the unique special one who – with your individual skill and cleverness, can cheat the system. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. We all know the system's trying to cheat us. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to be the one lucky special one who gets it over on the system, then yeah. I'm the best. And even in particular in that movie, look who he's always getting it over on. It's a group of cops who are playing poker together. It's a group mm -hmm. of frat boys that are playing poker together. It's a group of immigrants playing poker together. What's and a whale? I mean, yeah. you like we're all like, we all want to be, oh, how'd you get your money? I met a billionaire and I yeah. tricked him into yeah. giving me yeah. five hundred million dollars. I feel like there's also my cleverness. There's also the people at the casino who are pulling, you know, the slot machine, keep pulling and pulling out of desperation. Like they mm -hmm. need magic. Like they need something. They they still probably have that winning mentality in a way of like I'm gonna be the one, but it's more of like a desperation. They're medicating. I think it's a dopamine response. It's yeah. basically oh, it's like a hundred percent. It's it, I just I see it when I've gone to casinos rather frequently and recently like where mm -hmm. you just see people like like the slots, the slots, mm -hmm. the slots. I'm like, oh, this is just a real person experience of what millennials and below are just doing on their phone like we're gambling yeah, like are yeah, we going to yeah. see something that's going to give us dopamine i mean have you ever seen yeah. someone look for their vape <laughs> yeah oh my god oh yeah yeah i've looked for my vape yeah i had looked for my vape at one point I, i'll admit because i think they're both so dopamine um i was listening to the huberman lab podcast and yeah had a whole great episode about it and dopamine is not the happiness chemical yeah it doesn't just like make you feel good it's really more about desiring something. Yeah, exactly. So it's that feeling when you're eating the chocolate cake that's so delicious, and as you're biting into it and eating it, you're not just enjoying the feeling of that. You're already looking forward to taking another bite. Yeah, yeah. So even while your mouth is full, you're like fantasizing about that next bite. It's like thinking about sex while you're having sex. Like it's yeah. You're you're already focused on the next thing. And so the gambling is like, okay, the next thing might win. The next thing might win. It might give yeah. me something. And even if it does, the next one could be bigger. And you go right back into it. They also found like uh, in terms of like dopamine releases, like they found when somebody's, let's say like fast food, mm -hmm. when, when they're, or they're going to go gamble, let's say fast food. So they're going to go to get the burger. They want to get the burger. The dopamine as they, as they measured it is like, it's at its highest actually right before you get there. So you're actually rising, yeah. your dopamine's rising around until you get there, until you order the thing. From the moment you take the bite, it's actually a downhill. That's it true. to go down. Because I like Taco Bell. And yeah. yeah, when yeah. you're at the drive-thru and you're like, sick, I'm about Fuck to get Taco yeah. Bell. That's definitely the best part and then of the you experience. Finish the, <laughs> you finish the Taco Bell, you're in the car in the parking lot, and there's crumbs on you, and you're like, this is the saddest. No crumbs moment. on me, baby. I got napkins <laughs> layered. I'm not trying to get any fire sauce on my robes. Uh, I mean, how many babes have you hooked up with? And then afterwards, yeah. you're like, fucking, what the fuck did I do that? Well, yeah, men have the best... I mean, that oh, is like thinking with your dick. I mean, you the, guys yeah, have this yeah, thing. Yeah. Crucial head. Where you have then like. Head. This is the best thing that could ever yeah. happen. Oh, yeah. my God. Post this is the best idea I've ever had. This is, <laughs> this is great. This is amazing. This is the best idea I've ever had. Post not clarity. Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. I'm going to love this. Oh, it's yeah. getting late. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to love this. Actually, my parents are sleeping. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Joey has a good one. You want You told it on Boys Club. You want to talk? Yeah. Wait, uh, I think you told it on the main one. Oh, did yeah, you? My, long story short, I just uh, was hooking up with this girl in Florida during COVID, yeah. and I was taking her virginity, I guess. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, we were, uh, and but I was living at my parents' house, and uh, they had left, and she came over, but she was like 
from the get-go, I'm like, hey, by the way, I don't want anything at all. I'm just, you know, whatever. Gonna take your virginity. Take it, just gonna take your virginity. And no, uh, and then she, yeah, no just, just a little yeah. take of the virginity. <laughs> and then like we, <laughs> and then I go, uh, we go back to my, or she comes meet me at my house at like 11 o'clock at yeah. night. How like, old is she? She was like 20. Okay, sadly. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so. <laughs> 14, no, and uh, Joey's current girlfriend's 20, but he's yeah. only 28. Yeah, so. so it's not too creepy. And um, no, it's not. No, I love her. And uh, no, anyway, so she comes in, and then I was like, oh, by the way, my parents are home, so you have to like keep it down. And she was really trying to sleep over. I had worked the next morning. I was like, yeah. I can't. I I didn't want you to come over, and you're coming over anyways. Yeah. This is a little on you. And so we have sex and whatnot. A little too tight, but it's fine. And uh, we finish. <laughs> love, love, love that detail. We finish it. We finished the job, and then uh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> in the morning when they wake up like I Joe Biden voice yeah and yeah my parents so, but, you, you, you took someone's virginity and then told them to hit the road yes yeah but was, the whole thing is his parents weren't home they weren't oh my god I was like we gotta be quiet when we go out the door so we like sneak out the door and we get thing I was like hey thanks for coming over I love you so much this is so nice yeah. and then she leaves I'm like that was terrible that was yeah. just absolutely awful I, I mean I it did it is what it is yeah but then she Met another guy and then she had a baby at 21, so she's happy. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> oh yeah, once you have a baby, was, that's when you win the lottery. Well, that's the thing. She yeah. was definitely, and looking, then everything's good. She was looking for a like actual relationship. Like you could yeah. tell when somebody's like actually looking for it. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna get it on the first shot. You gotta. Yeah. Mm. And you don't yeah. want to get it on the first shot. Yeah. No, no. You want you don't want to be six years into a relationship and be like, God, this is the only guy I've had sex with. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's. That's a, yeah. You want to have like a data pool because you want to be like, all right, this is what I like. This is who I'm, I like because I've seen other people or things out there and you're like, this is what I want to do. You were doing her a service pretty much. But is this your thing? Are you like Casper from Kids? Are you just out here taking virgins? No, no. <laughs> Giving I've, the maids. Well, yeah. no. Yeah, I never, I never took, yeah, my first girlfriend actually. But that was like religious reasons why she was a virgin. But yeah, yeah second virgin. No, I've only taken two. Have you taken any? I've, I've I've taken none to my knowledge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've done two. Yeah. It's a it's a big burden to pay. I have a potential third on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about that off. <laughs> <laughs> on Patreon. She's not young. That's on yeah. Patreon. It's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon. Yeah, that's on Patreon. <laughs> it's Patreon. Oh, that's the top tier. If yeah. you want to if you want to find out about the inner workings of my current yeah. sex life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So were were the you Patreon a virgin baby. any of the times that you were taking Yeah, my, with my first girlfriend. Okay. We so, met okay. and got together when I was 16, and we didn't have sex till we were like 18 and a half yeah. for Catholic reasons. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. and then, then we did it. Yeah. Now, and then yeah. years later, I had a drunken threesome at nine in the morning after drinking all night. And after <laughs> I had sex with this woman, she was like, you're the first guy I've been with. Oh. And she was like 26. I was 27. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I'm glad I didn't know that before because yeah. I probably wouldn't have done it. Uh, yeah. Now I get to say I took another person's virginity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a random freebie. You're like, yeah. It was, I'm like, you decided tonight. Was, this morning was the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only tonight. But the, the night came into the morning and you decided that you wanted to lose your virginity to my drunk ass okay what about you Cass yeah that's crazy. how many v cards you punching none and none, I've also never none. slept with anyone younger than me oh really I about mean about men if, yeah. if we're talking uh, having a, a girl hook up with a girl for the first time Cass probably has more than us combined yeah yeah yeah. she's got that energy she's got a lot of yeah that like <laughs> look how she's dressed I know like she <laughs> literally, literally looks like a fashion icon yeah I love it yeah oh the bi babe power is very real and, yeah. and there's yeah. a connection that other 
women will then have where they're like, how can I be around you? <laughs> yeah. I don't how even know I, what I want to do yet, but yeah. like... Show me I, the way. How can I be around I, you? Honest, We're best friends now. <laughs> yes, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be honest. When girls are like, hey, I really want you to like show me how to do stuff. I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> same, oh my God. That's same, actually yeah. exactly, Watch a fucking yeah. YouTube video. You're looking for a tutorial. Yeah. I want a girl yeah. who like is down, experienced, knows mm-hmm. what she likes, knows what she wants. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. not like... Or look, can at least pretend those things. At least can pretend those things. I don't want to take any more Virginia honestly it's like it, it's you're exactly there's no like experience behind it you're like this is just and also like the like the coyness i'm like no i just like i want enthusiastic consent you want to get down mm-hmm. not like oh i'm not sure if i like girls but like maybe i will like you i'm like fuck that like <laughs> what the fuck there should be no confusion you want magic you want it yeah. to feel like spontaneous and fun yeah. and like deep and all of the good things and not like yeah oh yes the threesome that we've written the plan for and have yeah, to schedule yeah. and reschedule yeah. and now we are doing it with the agreed upon plan i will say for <laughs> as many threesomes as we have had they've been pretty magic and not yeah I've like, they've never yeah. really been like um uh planned out drawn no. out at all it's always been like uh well you guys aren't those people you guys aren't like yeah we need to like Let's let's go to a sex party. Like I've had a friends who went. I mean, to like, you've lived in like a party hurricane for the last like, eight years. <laughs> we are the yeah. sex party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. You, you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. that's why we get flanderized by people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause people will come over to our apartment and be like, "Oh, oh, I see what's yeah, going on yeah, here," yeah. and it's like, "No, no, 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 no." There's a lot more going on here. No, yeah. It's like someone coming to hang out with Joe Rogan and be like, "So smoke DMT in front of us?" Pretty much. Yeah, we get that. Yeah, work out, work out, and smoke DMT right now. Teach me how to have sex with girls. I'm like, thank you. The funniest thing people will do is try to smoke as much weed as us. We'll we'll try to we'll try to like burst onto the scene like, and they're like, yeah, I smoke, I smoke, and like I'm just like anxiously just rolling joints and smoking yeah. them or whatever, and they're trying to keep up, and then they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. I have the opposite problem because I like keep my tolerance low. So if someone's like, "Yo, the wizard, I'm gonna smoke out the wizard," yeah. I'm like, "You're gonna see a fucked up yeah. wizard." Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like a fucked up, which is just like me not at my best. Just yeah. me like kind of like, ah, shit, now I'm faded. Damn. Like, I've never seen you like fucked up. No. Have I? I don't know. We've I mean, fucked I, up a lot. We've, <laughs> we've, we've yeah, done ketamine with like, Devin, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, and he's like guiding the ketamine experience. I'm like, you just did as much as I did, but you're like able to keep your yeah, wits I, about uh, like it. We're in K-holes every other day. Like, it's like yeah. a rare thing for Devin and he's helping us and guiding us. Yeah. And man, oh my God. But yeah, I've never, I've never seen you anywhere that I would... <laughs> Actually, one time, DMT. Oh yeah, well that was yeah. <laughs> that was more of that wasn't you weren't like fucked up on a drug you were fucked up uh, but from seeing something that spooked you yeah. you know and uh, it spooked me when you told me about it yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah Michael thank God it didn't happen to me <laughs> like you know what I mean yeah. Like, talk about a goddamn casino. He was, like, in the yeah. casino of consciousness. Well, he was the last... When you're the last <laughs> person to gone. smoke out of the DMT pipe, you're going to get a hyperload. fucking gunked up, like, mm-hmm. all that. And I didn't even realize that when you no, did it. But I mean, you probably got the mega dose of us. I mean... Uh, yeah. Well, and that's what I, like... I continue... I've, I've done it a tiny bit, but it's literally, like... I'm tiptoe. Like people are like, oh, I want to break through. I haven't broken through yet. I'm like, dude, try not to break through. It's what a gaping you, fucking dude. pit. I'm trying to like, <laughs> I'm trying to go over and be like, can, can I look over the event horizon yes. just for a second? And just then like, that was, that was cool. 
But <laughs> even that, most of the time, it feels very digital and uncomfortable. And I'm so curious. Like, I had a vision one of the first times when we went up to your dad's house and we did DMT out of the volcano where I had this vision of people in the future vaping it casually and now it's like it, that vision kind of real true in a year and a half after yeah. that yeah. i'll pass you a vape pen right now of dmt if yeah. you want but at the time that wasn't a thing yeah like no, we were doing it old school we were yeah. trying to see can we do this through the volcano yeah. do you guys do the vape dmt very often no, no i've had oh. a pipe i've had a we pen forget for, about it yeah I forget do you about still it. do the blast off dmt no we don't even we have, have it in a minute i yeah. look i'll blast off dmt any day like i haven't yeah. had a bad experience yeah. on dmt yeah. where i like if anyone's like Pretty much anyone could, would come over to our apartment. And they'd be like, "I really want to try DMT. I've never done it." I'm like, "Oh, I'll do it." You know, I had yeah, it's not like here. I woke up thinking about DMT. I was just yeah. like, "I'm." I'll I've had it. such positive experiences on DMT yeah. that I'm like down anytime, and I don't feel like it's like disruptive mm. to my life or my psyche at all. It's felt like kind of mm. natural and just. But maybe I haven't blasted through to the gaping pit that you have. Or maybe I'm uptight and, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and having yeah, to do a consciousness backflip fucking yeah. through well, my shit out. I do yeah. think that there was an element of you kind of like organizing the ritual and setting the table. And then with DMT, you just smoke it and you can't. There's no magic or control that you can oh, totally. have in that There's realm. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. It's like you might think, oh, I want to think about this or I want to do that. You smoke DMT and like you are totally detached mm-hmm. from your ego so if you do anything that is like oh i'll, I'll set it up in this way and this will be what the trip is about like dmt is like ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. yeah you know what it feels a little bit like is when you're going down a water slide or something like that and then you go into water but kind of like the water's moving and you get like flipped around a little oh, bit more yeah. than you're expecting yeah. and you have that moment where you're like okay which way's up and also I need to get there yeah. fast and it's kind of panicky and you're just like ugh. Or getting crushed by a wave if that's, that's ever happened that's it, like, like crushed by the wave is exactly where am I crushed by the wave is exactly what I was trying you to you go swimming and you hit the bottom and you're like oh shit, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that feeling I I think that's partly why psychedelics agree with both of us. Mm. You know, like there hasn't we've for the massive amounts we've done, we've just never really hit a thing where I mean, I guess when we did the Syrian root and mushrooms together, it really tested you for a long time. But it was positive. Yeah, Mm. I mean, I think I have an adrenaline junkie urge that I don't satisfy. And like, if I had, if I like did certain sports i'm sure i could hit that edge more often and maybe but i've got like, a backwards baseball cap on right now you be, <laughs> you're ready for you could be out here skating bowls yeah get yeah. a monster energy in her and just yeah. let her rip yeah. look like one of those airbrushed folders i had when i was in the 90s it <laughs> yeah. would be like a lizard I snowboarding love it i love it but i'm like honestly psychedelics are the safest way to like let your stomach drop out yeah mm. it seems crazy like you might crash your reality but you're not going to break a bone for the yeah, most part yeah. yeah it seems to me like and, and this is just very practical but like it's when you take an amount that you forget you took drugs is when you're in trouble mm-hmm. yeah. and i think you didn't know you had smoked dmt when you oh no 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 no, like no, no, no. it was it was immediately so beyond that fucked you know it was imme- like like it was immediately beyond that yeah, yeah. like i took a drug it's going to wear off yeah like when yeah, when yeah. you're in that and i think that's what happened with Cass with the syrian ruin mushrooms is like 
It feels just, so permanent. It feels permanent. And you, yeah. and it feels like you're truly dying, and like you, you don't, you can't even grasp that. Like I'm sitting in a ceremony in yeah. a temple, and I took something on purpose, and it's. I wearing thought I was going to spend the rest of my life in that temple. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I guess this is where I I've now. only <laughs> had subjectively bad trips. Mm. Like you hear other people's stories where right. they're like, I ran screaming out of the dorms. Hides and knives. Like, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, Hides yeah, like knives. all kinds of that stuff. Like no, no, never that. But even going back to early times taking it in freshman year and being at some weird school event going oh this is time doesn't work the right way anymore <laughs> but it's no one else's problem is what you're saying it's no one You've else's problem and any, there's yeah. not somebody who's coming over and going You've just shit in the punch bowl. Like you've got to get out of here. And I'm like, I'm a fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just <laughs> me being freaked out. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. only been like that on alcohol. Woken yeah. up and Don't my friends threw out all yeah. my clothes, and I was yeah, swimming yeah, in my yeah. puke. And yeah. I've definitely lost consciousness more with alcohol than yeah. any psychedelic. Like for maybe, sure. yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Maybe like consciousness becomes a little more slippery in psychedelics, yeah. but like. My con- your consciousness can shut off with alcohol. I'm like, yeah. oh, I woke up. I'm like, I'm alive. Okay, I guess <laughs> how that happened. But so I'm curious with you guys being out in the world and having more exposure to this. Our culture is very good at normalizing drug experiences. Mm. Mm-hmm. Goes all the way back to chocolate and caffeine and yeah. these things oh, that yeah, used yeah. to be tobacco, whole rituals, and we're just gonna learn how to do that nonstop. Yeah, and now that. People have managed to take DMT, which was like the psychedelic that was too scary for Tim Leary and was like not popular. And then was the 90s, the spirit molecule, and this is how you're going to break through and have all of this. And now it's like just go to a Spongle show. Looks at a Spongle show. Yeah. It's like it smells like burnt mothballs the everywhere. Cl- it's a cloud of you're DMT sitting in a cloud smoke. of DMT. Yeah. And we've, I don't know, have we just stripped away the pretension or it like, there's, I, I, not that, I, it's not that you need to do psychedelics to heal or be a better person or have some sort of goal, but I'm just curious, like, what is the the vibe around frequent DMT use? Like, we've I, got I pothead think, culture that grew. I know, into that. It's the new pothead culture. Yeah. I think it's just we need more to escape now than Timothy Leary and those I also guys think did. that yeah. you, when you're vaping, like doing it out of a vape thing, you're like you're just seeing it. colors yeah, and, yeah. and like the the bricks are all of a sudden becoming like more cartoonish. You know, it just you can't you're not going as far in the vape culture. Yeah. So it just feels like, oh, novelty. And it's like, oh, I cannot be psychedelic. And like it only lasts like three seconds. <laughs> It's also something people hang their identity on like anything yeah. else, you know, yeah. like I'm the spiritual person, I'm the chef, I'm the yeah. piano player, I'm the this, I'm the DMT person. Yeah. And, well, know. there's more access to these drugs than there was back That's then. True. A lot more access. And then for the people to... It, it, there's not as much ritual though so it's like it's okay yeah. the drug is getting out there so that's kind of cool and yeah the, the colors are probably just getting better and such and you're at a spongle show you're there to get fucked up anyways and like have fun so it's like do you like dmt pens uh i've only tried them like twice okay. i tried them with you last year and yeah, then, like, we were at a fish show yeah. filming for yeah. whoops and joey and cast yeah. smoked some dmt yeah they were, i think it helped cool. us that day i yeah, think it, it helped cool. provide it's but like you didn't a, follow up on it what is that? I said, like, like, like you, you haven't then been like, oh, that was cool enough that I want to go. DMT no. does not seem addictive at all. Yeah, it's like, oh, if no. it's around, I'm sure if they had it, we'd probably hit it at yeah. some point. But I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not like addicted to it or anything. No, 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 I wasn't asking like addicted. No, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, you know, like, I, you guys smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I'm just curious about what it is to shift, 
Like, you live in the weed dimension. Yeah. yeah. Other people yeah. live in an alcohol haze dimension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of different ways to use these substances. And if you think about that as like a Grand Theft Auto game, and we just unlocked a new level. So now, in addition to you can smoke cigarettes every day and drink iced coffee and yeah. vape and this and this and this, you can now also just be... <laughs> I, I, hitting a DMT pen constantly. I, I think in America, you got to pick your poison because you yeah. need one. You're gonna yeah. need. You're gonna yeah. probably need yeah. a bevy of them. But you yeah. should pick your poison and pick it wisely. And if I feel like if I didn't <laughs> become a pothead at 30 years old, I would have been pathologized and prescribed uh, drugs for anxiety mm-hmm. and depression. Zambian and Zambian you know, Zambian. instead, yeah. I just smoke this thing. But yeah. pot used to also be a culture that was more. It's now changed, I think, with just everything trying to explore the counterculture and legalization and all of that. Yeah. Where you can just do fucking THC now. Yeah. Everyone, everyone does. Everybody you can just do does. THC. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Whereas when you and I were teenagers, you had to find the guardians of the yeah, pot yeah, who yeah. were connected to an underground network. Of and I didn't want to be associated with that. Yeah. That that was probably why I never smoked pot till yeah, I was 30. Yeah, oh, see, because I, I wanted to be associated with that. I, I was like, man. this is... What's up? Yeah, I yeah. like. That. I was like, this is cool. Yeah, this yeah. guy in Danbury has pounds of weed and really bad drugs. I'm mm-hmm. like, sick. I just thought all like <laughs> the drunk heroin addicted punk rockers mm. had better optics. Than, oh yeah, yeah like yeah, the yeah. people smoking pot and listening to Sublime. To yeah. me, to yeah. me, that's the. I mean, it was very aesthetic, you know, whatever yeah. choice at the time. Well, the big yeah. fear was that you you become a pothead and you live in your parents' basement and look yeah. what happened. <laughs> And, and it was a fear, and now it's the goal. Yeah. 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 How long can we stay in my parents' basement and not have bills and yeah. fuck around? Yeah. Because like, I feel like I'm halfway through my life. I'm, yeah. I'm coasting. I like. Yeah. I genuinely I love being this close to your family too. Yeah. yeah. I miss them. I I, yeah. I need them. I miss them. The whole 18 years I was down in the city. I yeah. It always them. felt. Yeah. I felt like being close to that whole thing. Yeah. And, uh yeah, I ended up flanderizing them because I didn't spend enough time with them, you know? And now it's like there's a much more just nuanced, you know, subtle vibration going on within my family. And we influence them a lot. And I'm trying to show them how to chill as they go into the part of their life where they have to chill. Yeah. And uh, I'm not in that part of life, but I'm like, I'm taking it. I'm taking yeah. it all back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what the Church of Chill is. It's yeah. just like we we need this. We need a, we need a space and... uh Here's an umbrella to put it under, but I'm I'm glad that I found pot and that I'm hopelessly addicted to it, if you mm-hmm. could call it that. But then the other thing is, it's like if I reach a point where I'm like I don't want pot, I don't struggle with like yeah. okay, I'm not doing that yeah. or really any of this yeah. stuff. When I'm when I'm like decisive about like I don't want to do nicotine today or the next day or the mm-hmm. next, I just do it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So you uh, can be a little nippy. I guess. does come with a little bit yeah. of a nip. Yeah, nobody, nobody you know gets less alone time than me. So if you want to judge my nippiness or whatever, no one you could name in this earth gets less alone time than me. I'm not blaming you. I'm, I'm just never saying. not with a person. Psychologically. But don't you think, I mean, don't you think you create that? Oh, no, I definitely yeah. do. But like, uh, also, the, it's just like, hey, if you're going to be looking at me 24-7, 365 for 12 years, you're going to see me change moods every now and then. No, yeah. I, I... You might not if we had eight-hour-a-day jobs where we went off separately. I'm and not even I could trying, just bring you my best self. I'm not you know? even trying to be critical, but like when yeah. we talk about your dad going off cigarettes or whatever it is, or you or whoever, it's like you do almost need to... 
You need to be alone for a you second. You need to yeah. have some alone time. I think to yeah. get off nicotine, you need three days alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. not make it someone else's problem. Yeah. And, you know, like if Cass is like, I'll be with you for those three days, you know what you're going to bear witness to. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be like one outburst. Yeah. yeah. Of like, ah, fuck. No, I wish a, I could just take nicotine right now. Yeah, there's a... There's, I want to. There's a <laughs> heavy traction to nicotine that when you just halt it, it's like you're... Uh, mm. You are craving that like instant relief. And, and that yeah, instant there's still that and inertia of the of the nicotine totally. in your life, but your body doesn't have the and energy like, anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, literally, it's like, oh, this is the time, all right. And then you're like, I don't have anything for yeah, you. Yeah. And that and that's okay, too. It's like, that's just that's just part of the, the slight weaning process. But then you start to realize... Even in that moment, you can combat it with like, all right, cool, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to do something. And when you do something, all of a sudden, it's like it's replaced by something. And then you realize, of course, you didn't need it. You're like, oh. Well, Well, the main thing that nicotine is doing is relieving you from nicotine withdrawal. So that's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like like of all the it's substances and drugs, <laughs> most of them take it. you on a scenic route and then back. You're yeah. like, wow, I I need food and then I'm eating food and then now I'm digesting and that's done something for me. Whereas you don't need nicotine in any way. No. And once you're in the nicotine loop, yeah, you the 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 feelings the the like the effect it's doing has so much less to do with like. Mm-hmm. and up effect of nicotine and rather just the smoothing out Com- completely. of now yeah. I feel satiated slightly from that. Totally. Devin, on our last podcast, I was talking to the guys about hypnosis and how hypnosis mm-hmm. could work with nicotine, but I don't know what the fuck I'm talking yeah, about. I was curious. Oh, sure. yeah, I, what, yeah, how does hypnosis <laughs> how work so effectively with nicotine in particular? Um, because the main thing to... We overcorrected. So while nicotine is addictive, we've created a very disempowered narrative around that where, oh, I can't smoke. I'm so addicted to nicotine. It's the nicotine. It's the oral nicotine. Fixation. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. these like well, like yeah. the oral fixation is more the habit part, but okay. the the chemical thing. But every smoker. Like it's it's almost no one smokes in their sleep, right? No one sets an alarm to wake up and smoke a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Most smokers can manage a fucking flight. Like, yeah, you can go without, and then when you quit, the nicotine gets out of your system pretty quickly. So it's, it's pretty quickly. It's yeah. like it's not heroin withdrawal yeah. or something. Where or alcohol. Yeah. Right. And so the main thing that smoking does for people is it's a habit with this underlying loop. Mm-hmm. So we could think about it like we're, we've made a little puppet. There's the wire frame, and then there's the outside thing. And so you just have that loop of, ooh, I get nicotine withdrawals, and then I satiate it. Ooh, I get nicotine withdrawals, and I satiate it. Okay, I'm doing that. And then now where do I link that? Well, I do that with my coffee, and that actually helps me take a shit. So now my body's connected to that loop. Mm-hmm. And then I do it when um, I'm stressed. Yeah. So I'll go outside. I'll get a break. I'll stand away from everything. I'll pause. I'm breathing more. I'm smoking, I'm satiating my nicotine craving, so I feel more relaxed when I'm managing stress. Mm. Nicotine's a stimulant. On a chemical level, this makes zero sense. Mm. So with hypnosis, what you're able to do is help someone actually think about approaching quitting as a process they're going through rather than this half-assed, oh, I'm going to quit. No, I'm back on it. Oh, I'm going to quit. No, I'm back on it. Oh, I'm going to quit. No, I'm back on it. At that point, it's like a friend who's flaky. Oh, I'll see you at five. No, you won't. We don't believe yeah, you. Yeah. It's <laughs> meaningless. Yeah. That friend's going to have to make a big show uh, for you to know that they're serious and they've changed and they're doing things differently. <laughs> so when someone's coming in for hypnosis, it's kind of like they're having a psychedelic experience because they're nervous. What's it going to be like? Am I going to lose control? 
then they have an internal experience that feels very vivid and rich and meaningful and cool. And in that experience, they look at smoking. They think about how good it's going to feel to be a non-smoker. They get excited about what they'll be rather than fixated on how hard it's going to be to quit and how they're trying to quit and they're going to be a bitch and then they're going to fail. Mm. And so you have a vision and then you're helping them move to that vision often by going deeper that's why I like to do multiple sessions. I kind of get people set up and then we'll go deeper. And it's like you can imagine a hand that's clenching a pole and doesn't want to let go. And you've got to come up and be like, one finger, yeah. <laughs> two finger. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like I had a family member that I used to share cigarettes with. And that's like an important connection. This was how I got a break from work where I'm stressed. And I haven't even acknowledged until now mm. that like I don't know how to relax and I don't have other things and maybe that's something I should add. Mm. And you kind of undo these, and then the whole person can commit to the new plan instead of, you know, oh, we all made a plan, but Sean didn't agree. Mm. And Sean's a stubborn motherfucker, so we're like, yeah. we're not going to actually get there until we get you on board. Mm. So if you're the part that's like, I'm still going to smoke. I don't know why you guys are all making this big deal of throwing your cigarettes out. I'm just going to go buy more tomorrow. Like, fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah. mm then it's not going to be successful. If you get that person to be like, dude, we'll take care of you. We'll support you. We'll help you learn new ways to do stuff. It's okay. We can all do this together. And it's like, okay, let's go. Mm. Let's do it. Let's do it for real though. Yeah. And then that's an internal shift that someone is able to take. And then there's the investment. I don't want to backslide. It feels so much better to go out and be like, nope, I got hypnotized. I don't even care about smoking. I'm feeling great. I'm doing great. This is so awesome. Mm. And uh, that's where, you know, I try and help people make sure that they know that one cigarette can be a relapse and take you right back and you don't want to play around with it. It's easier yeah. to just know to like skirt it. But yeah, wow. a lot of people just go off and they're, they're good with it. Wow. Yeah. Chemical dependencies are a bitch. Man. Yeah, they really are. And I yeah. think most, I can only speak to America. Yeah. Most people I know are probably yeah. pretty chemically dependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, w- even if I wasn't taking anything, I'm so chemically dependent on whatever, Cast yeah. is setting off in me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take that out. And oh then I'm talking Oxytocin, about that's yeah. sobriety for me. Yeah. It's like all this other stuff, it's like I could take or leave. If you took Cass out of the equation and see how I am, yeah. oh, that's yeah. going to be the bitch what do you of think, all bitches. What do you think it would be like for you? Um, to it, go into it, oxytocin withdrawal? Uh, paralyzing. Yeah. Yeah. I just would just um, look at the internet all day. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, but I don't know. Before I was with Cass, I was I was getting a lot done. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was very anxious to um, prove something. Yeah. So maybe that would be there. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, you know, you find I find my girl. It's so easy to be like, cool. Like yeah. that's that's all I need. I don't even need money anymore. Yeah. That used to be a big concern of mine. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And like it, it comes and it goes. And I, yeah. I've always known that, but I used to be more like <gasps> about it. And now that I have this chemical dependency, I mm-hmm. don't care about that one anymore. Yeah. Like this yeah. is heroin. This overtook yeah. everything. This is like the addiction of all addictions. And I'm fine with it. Yeah. And I hear people talk shit talk uh, codependency all the time. And I'm like, who got to you? Yeah. <laughs> who who yeah. the fuck got to you? Yeah. Like you're gonna, we're going to pathologize everything for real like we got to have a cute little name for everything to make people feel shame about like wanting to spend their life with someone who makes them feel good because i've spent most of my life with people who were trying to make me feel weird or bad or manipulate or whatever like that ain't fucking that ain't pathological Mm -hmm. come on i think also the word addiction is such a hard one because really if you just interchange it with relationship it's a relationship to that thing right it's not always like what the thing is it's like sure it's cast it's off 
many alarms in your whole body, including yeah. your penis. But it's like crucial. Uh, <laughs> but it's like your relationship to that. How does that impact your life? When do you, you know, how do you use her? You're with her 24 seven. Is it uplifting? Is it, you know, and so. I think it's always the relationship. It's a mix of good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> I think it's well, <laughs> if, if we can switch slightly, I, w- I wanted to talk to you, Sean, about your relationship with, with smoking. Because on yeah. the same line, you are consuming THC. That's the, yeah, the yeah. chemical. But it's also an activity for you. And you mentioned like anxiously smoking joints. That was more like when we lived down in the city. But yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm around you. I, I know that you were oh, constantly yeah. in the action some, yeah. of it. Yeah. And so... How like how do you think about the parts of it that are the habit and the like, the mission and having things to do and all of that versus just the pure ingestion of THC? I think it's less about the pure ingestion. It's more about the doing. Mm. Yeah, it is. I think it's kind of my way of like because you could just eat fucking edibles. Like yeah, all I don't, day. and I it's would also, never do that. I barely ever touch. I'm edibles. curious what you're gonna say, but I kind of want to say like as someone who witnesses, it's like there's so much ritual around him cleaning his pipe. I'm like, I got to carry everything. And he's like, well, I, I just have my pipe and I got like my weed bag. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I just have my little mojo bag of stuff that I do. <laughs> but like, it only is ever in use when I'm around people. And it's kind of my way of like being like, don't pay too close attention to me. Like I'm just like in my own little world. Like yeah. it's partly that, like I yeah. don't like the spotlight being on me or people focusing too much on me or, yeah. or anything like that. So I think it's like, a layer of protection mm-hmm. like kind of like you have to deal with my bodyguard which is weed first yeah <laughs> then you can get to me if you can accept that then you'll then you'll get to me yeah. <laughs> well, i remember my friend talking about that with dj where he's like i i wanted to go be at the party but i'm like slightly autistic and i wanted to have Same. like something to do yeah yeah like give me a job yeah but i thought about it a little bit last night because i was like oh it's a spot where you can but i was like oh i'm definitely in my head it's like <laughs> you know if i was like oh like do you have a service log or like a wheelchair ramp? Like my friend needs accessibility yeah. because I'm not going to take you to a thing where we're going to be like indoors and there's nowhere for you to go smoke weed for a while yeah, because yeah. I know you're going to dip. <laughs> disability. Like yeah, exactly. if, if I was thinking of like, oh yeah, this is the thing we're going to do. We're going to go yeah. to this thing like that's like indoors for eight hours and you can't smoke weed anywhere. I'm like, I'm going to turn around halfway through the tour and you guys are like, we're going to get out of the cave. We're going to peace. We're going to find our own way back. We're good. It's, it's so funny because to me, it's also, it's not about being high because I don't even care. I wouldn't have cared yeah. about being high or sober in that place last yeah. night. Oh, yeah. But everyone's getting drinks and doing sure, this sure. and that. And I'm like, oh, my thing is yeah. this other thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel weird doing it here. Yeah. And uh, like, but it's also kind of the way my dad uses cigarettes. It's like a break from the intense thing mm-hmm. to go have the silly thing. Yeah. yeah. And for yeah. me, like, I associate weed so much with like, I'm just gonna take a walk with Joey real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna, we're gonna fucking, yeah. we're only gonna fuck around. Yeah. yeah. Around other people, we have to be a little bit more serious. Yeah. But if we yeah. take this little dabs. break, you know, yeah. dabs and, and like, it's weird. If I spent a day by myself, I don't touch nicotine or weed or anything. Mm, really? If you see me by myself, it's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, I don't really yeah. need to do anything. It's when other people are around and, like my dad will hop into the room and I'll immediately be like, I need to start smoking weed now. Yeah. Fucking, it's only one in the afternoon. I need to start smoking weed because yeah. my dad's an anxious mess who took six cups of coffee. Mm-hmm. And he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. Dad, can't you just see I'm you're just trying to get very, high right you now? You get very effect. You're like very porous to other people's energy. Yeah. And yeah. So Absolutely. It's just a little protection. Yeah. It's just a yeah. little protection. And like, uh, you know, I remember hearing Lee Scratch Perry say this on behalf of Paul McCartney. Lee Scratch Perry wrote a letter to the Japanese government mm-hmm. explaining on a spiritual level why, why Paul McCartney needed to be let out of jail after 10 days for mm-hmm. weed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is a very sensitive being. He's a gift to us. Mm-hmm. And he needs this plant to help, uh, to help him with that level of sensitivity. Yeah. 
And it's why we all love him. Mm-hmm. You really have to allow him to, to commune with yeah. the spirit. And I thought it was such a beautiful thing. And it's like on a way lesser level, I feel like I need that. Yeah. You know, and I might not always, I haven't always, I made it 30 years without it. Yeah. But, um, my inner experience wasn't nearly as happy or flowy or funny mm. you know, or synchronistic. And I think now that I've tapped into all that stuff, I don't need THC for all that. Yeah. But for the other reasons, I'm going to have to figure out how to, yeah, I would have to figure out more like, yeah, who I, who am I at a party? Who yeah. am I in a social situation other than the guy that's like looking for the excuse to walk mm. off with Joey and get hot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, we all, I think we all, everyone gets in social situations. Everyone gets social anxiety. It's just how you deal with it. Mm-hmm. And everybody encounters it everywhere. So everyone's been that, like, oh, I don't really feel that comfortable. I'm going to go to this room. Ah, this, all right, I'm going to go. You know, like, it's just how you deal with these things. And yeah, sometimes it interlaces with chemical things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it interlaces with, again, your relationship to yourself and how you just want to interact with the world, too. Yeah. You know? It's weird because when I'm socially anxious, I'll probably talk more than usual. And, but people assume the opposite. Like when I'm just being quiet in a social yeah. situation, I'm like, I'm actually fucking yeah. very comfortable <laughs> to the point where I'm just going to be here and listen and yeah. add a little thing here and there. And if I'm more like, bah, 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 like I feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm selling the, the vision. Of, yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm less comfortable here. And I notice it so much when people come meet us for the first time. And I used to be baffled. I'd be like, why did that person who was such a fan come over and talk our fucking heads up. We didn't get a word in for yeah. three hours. I'm like, oh, they're nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. They're nervous. They're exactly. socially anxious. They're doing what yeah. I probably would do if yeah. I met somebody and didn't know what to do and wanted to fill the air or whatever. And, like, I'm just so comfortable with dead air. Well, you fill the air with something else. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I think the way that you've phrased it is, is, is really accurate where, you know, one is an escape where you're saying, cool, whatever this is, I'm going to, like, just go take a walk with Joey because we have this shared mission and we just get to step away from the party. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is that if you're at the party and you're doing that and it draws people in, it's Great. like, you know, you yeah. showed up and you're like, I'm going to just start dealing magic cards. That and if is... anyone else wants to play magic, they're going to yeah. walk over and we're going to do that. That's the and dream. That's, yeah. that's the party I want to be at is always my favorite yeah. my favorite parties is when i start doing my thing and Someone it magnetizes around. the yeah. homies yeah. that yeah. i'm like ah oh, cool this cool. is a good party yeah it's a great <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> time yeah. 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 yeah fuck yeah this was awesome it's thanks Devin. Party. you're the best love you always love have you. been yeah. always will be yeah uh, you've done our podcast this is probably like the 10th time we've done this and it's they're always, always incredible but i think this is my favorite one yeah. you say that every time we're in your house in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> Kentuckyville, Louis, whatever we are. Yeah. No, Kentucky, Louisiana. Yeah, yeah I mean, Kentucky, we're, Louisiana. We're, we're living in the magic that if you go back to earlier episodes and look at younger me's, that was the magic that they were working towards. That totally. I'm yeah. Yeah. Like, the, like these Hindus were telling us the other day, like you're in this life, you're sculpting your, your next life. And yeah. like de- we're seeing Devin do that. And we were doing it all along too. Oh, yeah. And Joey's and, been doing it all along. And you see, yeah, and I was going to say, you just seem more, uh, yeah, you just seem I'm really happy here. This is your it's best dope. version. Yeah, yeah. This is dope here, and oh, it's it's so wait fitting. Do you see what I do next? It's, it's so <laughs> <fitting>. <laughs> so burn it down. It's so fitting that I'm pretty sure if you looked at our last podcast together, you were the white wizard. You were oh, all, probably, and, yeah. and now and yeah. now you're. Di- I'm so used to it now. Yeah. But when I first saw you after a while, I was like, God yeah. damn, this yeah. is a fucking huge shift. You physically look different. Well, it was very funny because it was. I was kind of getting tired in New York where I was doing a lot. I was doing events all the time. I was still working a day job. I was like running around and I was like, how do I 
make meaningful progress with trying to do wizardry full-time in New York, which is daunting, and then to feel good about my wizardry and get it out there, I just do fun events and mm. a podcast and things, but then my energy goes towards that, my day job, so like, ugh. And then the pandemic hit and was like, you can just stay home. And I was like, this rules. <laughs> like, the best. Oh, my God. And then we moved to Louisville, and I couldn't go be a wizard in public, and I was in a new city, and I was like, well, totally give this a pause like mm. you still got your podcast you're still doing your wizard life you don't need to go out and like try and fucking talk to strangers in a pandemic just let it rest and then what grew when things reopened in louisville was very different and i think it's it's more confident and casual where i don't have this white hair so i'm not telling this origin story over and over i actually retired that to some extent when i moved here i was yeah. like i've told this story a lot yeah. <laughs> and now i'd have to like pull out a photo <laughs> and every once in a while it'll come up and it's like still a part of my life but yeah like i don't need to, to try and control the narrative in that way and then doing events and things it's a smaller community and there's more word of mouth so it's really nice to be able to have people get drawn in and go oh we're going to our friend who's a wizard's event we're going to go do this thing the wizard's djing in the garden there's something happening and then everyone that's there is like ready for this rather than going out on the streets mm -hmm. and just hoping that out of all of these random yahoos that are walking around somebody doesn't just think i'm a free disney parking lot <laughs> character there for their amusement <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like wants to talk about magic on a deeper level which, if it happens, is that casino jackpot feeling of like, yeah. yeah, oh my god, dude, I was just outstanding as a wizard and I met these homies. Like, how yeah. cool is that? But as a strategy, <laughs> it's dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. It's like, oh, you want to fucking sell your movie? You're going like, to walk around Times Square with VHS tapes just asking people if they like yeah, documentaries? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. like, Come on. <laughs> Find my doc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'll I'll add to all this, and uh, this includes us, but I'll say it about Devin, but apply it to us too. You've put out countless hours of free content that have helped people's lives, and you've put out your vibe. Your mm -hmm. vibe is a priceless thing, and you just put it out there, and you expect nothing in return. But there is a way to support people like us, and it's mm -hmm. Patreon. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the best websites ever invented, mm -hmm. and um, I think... Some people might have this idea that like, oh, they're just trying to grift or get rich or whatever. <laughs> no one is fucking getting rich off this shit. We're trying to get by yeah. and we're trying to do more of the free stuff. So supporting us on Patreon mm -hmm. means the world to us in many ways. And it's just, it's an acknowledgement that like, you see all the free stuff we're doing and you want to throw us a couple bucks. That's literally all, all ours is. And yeah. it can, it can be a dollar if you want, but, um, Support us on patreon.com slash church of chill and support mm -hmm. Devin on patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual. This podcast is a ritual. Yeah. I just wanted a place to put all my cool DJ mixes. So that's what I've just been doing lately. Is, that's yeah. literally why our, our started Spotify took us down yeah. over our, our DJ mixes. And yeah. I was like, I guess we have to start a Patreon. But yeah. then it gave us a place to do more personal content. Mm -hmm. Half of our, st our, of our stuff is on there. Yeah. So if you dig what we do, half of it is behind this very, very mm -hmm. thin, pa paper thin paywall. Paper thin. <laughs> paper yeah. thin. I mean, people should just give me money because I'm a wizard. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I'm asking yeah. for $4.20. Come and on. And if you think that's funny, then just give me the money and let 
the back of your brain know that it's like you have an elephant in Africa yeah. that you are donating money to its food or whatever. Like you're like, yes. I support a wizard, and my four dollars and twenty cents goes towards him doing cool wizard shit. And and this eight year epic story started with us giving him four dollars and twenty cents for his book. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it started. That's yeah. how I got his information. That's how I figured out how to reach him. And we yeah. have that book, and it's beautiful and it's brilliant. Thanks for everything you do. You're yeah. a gift to the world. You love really you. are. You really, and you're a muse for us. Yeah. Thank you. Love you all. Devin Person. Peace, love, and magic. <laughs>